Hello, everybody. The Premier League starts here. At least that's what we're, we're saying. No City, of course, kick off their Premier League campaign tomorrow evening, 5.30 at a full Carrow Road, which is uh, going to be lovely against Liverpool. So just a, a little test to ease them into the top flight. Um, and of course, we will we'll be previewing that clash as well as talking as we do on Window Watch all about the latest transfer speculation news, answering your questions as well. So make sure you get them in and we'll try and get through as many as possible. This is a late kickoff for us, so hopefully uh, we've not thrown you completely and uh, we still get a, a good amount of comments in. We'll have uh, Jurgen Klopp's thoughts on the City's transfer window today as well, and we'll be uh, talking, of course, about the new additions so far this week, uh, Josh Sargent and Christos Scholes, which I think is what we're going with, Pad, um, although we'll, we'll wait for the man himself no. to come on. Because no, I think there's three different variations. No, 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 no. I asked you this earlier today, and you said you sent me a link, and it was Zolis. Basically, you dropped the T. Now you've just thrown a J in there, unless I didn't well, quite hear well, you. On the club's pronunciation sheet, which they sent to us in the right, yeah. in like the media packs, it says Scholis. It's an S C H, isn't it? That they go with. So that's true. Sure, right? sure. Yeah. That sort of noise, rather than sort of a Jollis, which I had been going with. Uh, we're all like, well, I'm still struggling with Max Aaron's Aaron, so this could be a long, <laughs> long season. But uh, now I was slightly distracted. I'm going to tease this. Uh, there's a bit of transfer news in inverted commas going to be pushed out by the club in about 10 minutes. Um, don't get over excited. It's not an inward bound, it's an outward bound. And even then, don't get excited. But uh, so keep watching, is all I'm going to say. But I was, I was kind of half listening, and then I got a ping from uh, the people who know. The people who matter. So uh, yeah, keep watching. By all, but you're not going to be jumping out and out because this is compelling viewing for the next hour, isn't it, Connor? It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely is. So, so there you go. A bit of breaking news for you. We should have uh, something to react to at some point in the next ten minutes or so. Um, Pad, let's start with tomorrow. Then um, first of all, let's touch upon fans being back. I've, I've seen a club release saying that everyone in the ground, certainly the Norwich persuasion at least, is going to be given a flag. I'm kind of trying to fast forward to about this time tomorrow, maybe just 10 minutes to the other side, about 25 past five when, when the teams come out. That's going to be some noise, isn't it, that comes out of Carroll Road? Well, I mean, we were obviously, you know, at the Gillingham game and that sounded quite loud, certainly more than the 10,500, I think, was the official attendance when, like, Tim Krul came out to warm up when Ben Gibson, I think, was at the head of the line when they came out before the game. And then... Moving it on, Newcastle, we were there last week and obviously we won't dwell too much on the result, but there was 20,000 in that day. And when, you know, the Newcastle players came out before the kickoff, that was loud. That felt very loud. So I can only begin to, as you say, just under 24 hours from now, um, we'll get into it. Daniel's appealing for the old Yellow Army to be in full voice, um, respecting obviously the protocols and the, and the processes that are in place. But... As he said, that's not going to stop them, hopefully, making plenty of noise. And uh, by Jove, they're going to need it to uh, sort of any way, shape or form level the, the playing field tomorrow. And Yeah, it will. Just setting aside whatever the result is, you know, even whatever the performance from Norwich, um, just that sense of occasion and for everybody who's present there, I don't think they'll forget that in a hurry, that the, the moment they were back at Cairo, Looks like it's going to be a full house, maybe bar one or two seats, and against the backdrop of everything that everybody in this world has had to live through. So uh, for the last eighteen months or so, pretty quite emotional as well. I've seen a few tweets. You know, sadly, there's people no longer with us. Um, you know, Norwich fans, Nor Norwich season ticket holders. There was a, you know, I won't name names, but the, there's a row of seats directly in front of the press box, and I was speaking to one of the guys I've not seen since. Before the pandemic, he was at the Gillingham game and he said the guy he sat next to so sadly has passed away, no longer with us. So, you know, um, it's going to be high, highly emotional for, for so many reasons. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope it's, you know, it's another step down the road to whatever the new normal looks like in this post-pandemic world. But, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine it will be. Certainly that first rendition of On the Ball um, will be spine-tingling, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think I think Craig sums it up quite well on Facebook. He says it'll be a special day. Can't wait to hear 27,000 fans singing on the Bull City again. To be honest, it'll just be nice to hear groans once a, a pass is misplaced or something because that's that's something we've we've not had for a, a long time. Hopefully from a from a Liverpool perspective rather than a Norwich one, of course. Um let's let's get into the 
transfer news. Let's start with the two that have come in this week then, Pad. Josh Sargent, let's start with him. Uh, striker from Werder Bremen, fee of around £8 million, maybe with the potential to go slightly higher. What do you make of, of, of that acquisition from a Norwich City perspective? Because it all seemed to move fairly quickly. Well, it, well, it did and it didn't, Connor. As we know, you know there was there was uh, links to that guy. Um, I can't remember exactly when, but certainly earlier in the summer. And uh, at that point, uh, we were, I think, ten million euro was the figure that was linked to Norwich. And um, and the sort of message from from Norwich certainly was that that wasn't going to be a goer. That that almost that um, you know Verda were were digging their heels in, and whether they saw him a as part of their fight back because he obviously got relegated last season, or b a little bit like Ayer and Celtic, maybe they felt they could get a bit of an auction going and, uh, you know, maybe some, uh, not bigger clubs, but certainly bigger fees could be commanded for that man. You fast forward it, um, reading between lines, but I would look at it and think, well, maybe they didn't get the interest they were thinking. Uh, Norwich retained their interest, continued to the dialogue. The channels were already there from the Milo Rashid to, you know, uh, deal, which went through at the start of the summer, a little bit like... Uh, uh, the, obviously Zolis and uh, and Yanulis with Pauk and uh, and maybe it's got to the point you know Verder have started their season I saw some quotes around the whole Sergeant thing that they needed to move a player or two on to generate funds to be able to do what they want to do I don't think they're in the best financial shape at the minute having gone down out of the Bundesliga um, and all the planets aligned and I think at that point it actually moved fairly swiftly um, because I'm sure that they that the they wouldn't have pursued again and again and again, Norwich, if they hadn't have got the sense maybe from people around the player that he would be receptive to, to moving to England and moving to Norwich. So I think what I think really the sticking point probably was Verder, ultimately, um, that maybe earlier in the summer they wasn't overly keen to let him go for the amount of money that he has eventually gone for. So huge amount of talk subsequently about it. It seems a lot of money for a player with maybe not the most prolific goal-scoring record, but I think most fans will will be more than willing to give him a chance because there's some very astute judges in in the game, um, none more so than Jurgen Klopp today at his presser, who referenced Sargent as a, a very very good young attacking player, and um, that would be good enough for me definitely if his if his opinion is of that ilk. And uh, we know that Daniel rates him, Stuart rates him, so. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential, and we'll probably say that about Zolis and maybe even Rashita, albeit to a slightly lesser degree because he's a bit more experienced and he's got more games under his belt. But pretty much stamped through the more recent acquisitions is that is that word potential. He's not the finished article, and if he was, Daniel said it today. If you were you were going to get a finished article, who's a proven Premier League goal scorer, he's not coming for eight million pounds. It's just not it's not the way of the world now you know southampton having to go double that pretty much to bring in adam armstrong he's not a proven premier league goal scorer that is the the price tag that comes with trying to bring in players good enough to score goals but it could turn into that and ultimately that's that's the risk element of of that piece of business but um yeah certainly one they didn't get discouraged early in the summer uh, they kept plugging away the environment maybe shifted around it from the verder end and ultimately you know norwich have have done the deal, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what he's all about. He, he does seem to have a bit of versatility to him. He's he's not an out and out front man who's going to uh, you know only be able to do that. And and as a result, because we all know if Timu is fit and firing, Timu starts certainly the early part of the season. So his route into the side may be more in a, a wider area, uh, and that'll be interesting. And by all accounts, well, Daniel confirmed it. Both him and Zolis and Rashid are all available tomorrow. So. Um, I think you would, you would assume they're all probably being the 18 and then it's just where we go from there. But uh, yeah, I think for me, probably the jury has to be out because, you know, he's coming with a tag of potential rather than uh, the finished product. And, um, you know, let's let's give him a chance. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how Daniel plays that. And, and we might get into that a little bit later in terms of what the team might look like. Um, you, you sort of stumbled upon something there in terms of Norwich having to be patient it seems like that's the case, certainly for for Scholes as well, uh, as well as yeah. Sargent. Two players there that they, they've kind of had to, as, as you've outlined there, really, really be patient to to get what are we thirteen minute thirteen days into into August, rather a few weeks before the window ends. Not ideal timing to bring in a new signing, given that you'd want them at the start of pre season. I think Stuart Webber's made um, sort of little secret about that, but it shows 
the importance of being patient and being persistent with targets, which is kind of a, a new approach from Norwich City compared to two years ago when, that, when they were last in the Premier League. Spot on, yeah. Sorry, I've just seen the comments coming from. I, I, I was inaccurate. It is 20, isn't it, now in the Premier League and nine subs rather than I think I said 18. Yeah, yeah. So it's 20, I, 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 I was going to call you out on that, but I thought someone What's else would in the comment. I was going to okay. call you out on that, but someone in the comments would have, so uh, I left them to it. Fine. Well, I, I, yeah, I knew you would be calling me out, so I thought I'd get in there first. But I mean, if it's 20, then uh, just what well, final, final point on the previous point. Yeah, there's no doubt if those three are eligible, Daniel said they were, then they will be in the 20. Um, Zolis, yeah, no, he's um, well, we were told this week that that is something they've been trying to put together for over two months, 10 weeks. They've been trying to do that deal and try and get him in the building at the start of pre season. Um, and again, I don't think it was the player holding that move up. Uh, I think it was very much um, Pauk digging their heels in. And there was lots of talk, even in the last sort of week or so, that, you know, there was sticking points over sizes of sell-on fees or, you know, wanting him to maybe play in their second conference league qualifiers against Bohemians, which was yeah. yesterday. Um and I don't quite know the veracity of those elements, but certainly in terms of the pursuit, uh, yeah, this this was one. Well, they've been tracking him for over a year in terms of the scouting side and distilling him down into a, yes, we want to try and press the button on this guy. But that actual phase of this uh, has turned into a saga because he would have been, if all the cards had fell correctly and in, in time, and certainly on Norwich's timeline, he would have been he would have been in the building probably. I'm trying to think who came in 10 weeks back, certainly before Lise Malou, probably even before Billy Gilmore. You know, he would have been one of the earliest pieces of business. Um and again, talking about it in terms of sergeant potential, um, he's he's probably even more so potential because he's a little bit younger than sergeant, and it's it's really off the back of one, albeit standout looking campaign in Greece. I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. It's something like is it ten goals, sixteen assists, or vice versa last season? Yeah. Well, that's Emi Buendia territory, isn't it? And I know we don't want to label him as the new Buendia, but in terms of your impact on your football team. Um, that goes without saying. And and really, you know, Daniel's quotes, I mean, for, for a man who doesn't really want to put too much pressure on younger players and uh, uh, is quite keen to sort of almost play down the high, but I don't think you should be labelling him as one of the best attacking players in Europe for his age. Well, I was going to say, if that's Daniel Farker playing him down, yeah. then he, 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 Norwich will have got a very, very good player if, if that's the case. Well, yeah, if he, yeah, if he's underplaying that, then yeah. But so that tells you what Daniel thinks on this guy. And um, as I say, 19 years old to part with a thick end of £9 million, not quite a club record deal, could go on to be. Um, you know, this this guy, well, let's hope he is, but he could be very special. And, and that could look quite cheap if uh, even this season, you know, if he hits the ground running, Weighs in with goals and assists, hopefully in a in a cause that keeps Norwich in the division. But irrespective of Norwich's status, if he delivers those individual numbers this time next summer, then who knows? But um, yeah, that that looks like it's a little bit surprising that, given his reputation, that maybe there wasn't more interest. We we don't know how many other suitors Park had, but but as I say, Norwich were from about 10 weeks, 11 weeks ago, trying to get this deal done. So maybe because they felt that, you know, there probably would be other clubs come out of the woodwork. So credit to Stuart Webber. Daniel said today he's done an absolutely superb job to this point in the window. Not done yet, but um, but certainly him, Rashica, Sargent. All three of those are very, very intriguing deals. And I personally can't wait to see how they get on in the Premier League. Yes, it's going to be fascinating. Um, we've got a clip of, of Jurgen Klopp. There we go. Clip of Jurgen Klopp um, coming up later and him describing Uri City's transfer business, which is, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Paddy, um, very complimentary indeed. You, you mentioned that they've been watching Scholes for over a year now, which which they, they have. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Tony can find the picture of that I'm, I'm talking about. But Stuart Webber, uh, he's, a, he's a name that's known to Stuart Webber, isn't he? Seemingly back to the academy recruitment days at Liverpool. And, and, and Scholes actually went on a trial with Liverpool, I think, when he was... 13 I want to say um, so, uh, which someone sent in a picture of him in a Liverpool kind of tracksuit which um, I, I think we put on Twitter so it, Tony will, will find that and flash that up when we have it but it just goes to show again we'll use that word perseverance patience 
the importance of doing that in the transfer window in order to land targets that are top targets rather than working down the list and maybe ending up with a Patrick Roberts, for example, not to not to be disrespectful, but in, in terms of working your way down the list fairly quickly. Yeah, I'll never forget. I actually thought, I thought Patrick Roberts, when I saw, which again is a very cautionary tale, I thought when we saw him in that pre-season, that looked a good piece of go. business. There we go. Uh, which one yeah. is he now? Just front, uh, second to the right in the middle, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him on trial at Liverpool. And uh, Powell put out a, a nice video today, which is 33 minutes long, um, documenting his journey from joining as an eight-year-old to leaving as a 19-year-old. And uh, in that, there's a, a statistic that, as a, I think, I'm pretty sure he said under 13, he scored 100 goals in 49 games in one season. That's that's yeah. incredible, isn't it? They're scary numbers. Um, so let's let's hope we see let's hope we see that in a in a Norwich shirt. But in, in terms of of them, if we move this on before we kind of get to some comments and look ahead in the transfer window, in terms of those two and tomorrow, I know you said they'll be in the in the twenty. Do you see either of them starting? Do you think Daniel Farker will make that call? Sergeant to me looks maybe the the more likely to to go from the off. Oh, well, I think now he's more or less confirmed Cantwell is fit because that was a major concern after missing Newcastle. And then when he said that they, they were a little bit concerned for this game, but today he said he's uh, trained the last couple of days subject to no sort of overnight reaction. Um, then I think Cantwell's in that. Well, we can get into debating, you know, what the formation is, but if it's a, let's just say for hypothetical sake, it's the three behind the goat. Then then Campbell's one of those for me. I think Dow is one of those, and then I'd probably put Rashida in. Um, again, he's not really had the game time he needs, but he, well, what he has been is is in the building a lot longer, and that kind of understanding with his teammates, and which those two guys simply haven't got because they've only been in the building a matter of hours, really. Um, so I think that would be a big call. Uh, I'm not saying he wouldn't do that. But then when you sort of overlay it with, he's going to have to make some big calls maybe in terms of playing Pookie uh, after his preseason. Grant Hanley at the back as well. Um, how many how many of those do you need to, you know, imponderables do you need to put into your starting eleven? I think? And uh, to drop a sergeant in, for example, or as always from the start, given you're probably going to have to play Hanley and Pookie as well. I, don't, I just don't quite see it, um, but certainly uh, as the game develops, could I see him getting into the pit, onto the pitch? Yeah, no two ways about it. But uh, no, I think I think Cantwell's the key to that. If Cantwell hadn't been fit for tomorrow, then then potentially then because you're looking at it and with Poeta isn't available, still not COVID positive, but still displaying symptoms, so he's out of the mix. Onel would come into the equation, I guess, but not really done too much uh, over preseason. So no, uh, you, you know you you. Well, well, if you think he might play and I don't, then one of us is going to be right. Come, uh, come at two o'clock. Uh, sorry, two o'clock. Come four thirty tomorrow. Um, but I just think no. I just think for me, with all the other things that he needs to weigh up in terms of his team selection tomorrow, I think that would be a quite a big call to play a sergeant Rajolis from uh, from the start. Interesting. I've got, I've got a funny feeling Sergeant might play, you know, just a, a, a funny... There is some logic behind it in terms of he's already oh, started... Go on, his, go on then explain it, explain it. He's, he's already started his, his league season, hasn't he? He's played twice, he's scored yeah. twice. He, he probably comes in terms of fitness-wise um, in, in a very good condition. As you said, there's versatility there to maybe if Daniel Farker did go something like a, a 3-5-2, which I could see, um, I could maybe see them playing together. So... I don't think I would discount it, particularly given his work rate and, and as we mentioned, kind of the, the ability to play several positions. You could then kind of drop him into that, not 10 role necessarily, but have him a little bit deeper than Timo Puki and play it like that. But yeah, look, it wouldn't surprise me either way. It wouldn't surprise me if Sargent was in the in the starting line. It wouldn't surprise me if they were both on the bench. I don't see Scholes starting to be uh, to be completely honest. Um, let's get... Connor, do you want that, uh, do you want that breaking uh, news? That I've Go on then, Pad. Um, hold on to your hats, everyone. Yeah, no, don't. No, certainly don't take your hats off or hold on to them. No, just uh, keep them on. But uh, Matthew Dennis, the academy winger they got from Arsenal, uh, he's completed a season-long loan to Southend, who I think are in Kings Lynn's league. If I'm not mistaken, they're playing him in the first game, aren't they? So uh, whether the deal's gone through quick enough for him to be at the walks. um, Yeah, yeah, they're starting at the walks. Oh, it's uh, next week. It's not this weekend. It's next week. So, yeah, I'd imagine he will be involved. But so, yeah, there you go. So that's another one of those academy lads going out, getting some decent level football, and uh, we'll see how he gets on. But 
I think he he came in at the same time as Barley Mumber, if I'm not mistaken, Connor. That sounds about right, doesn't it? They were, they, and they because there was that picture of those two prior to the official announcement where they were wandering about Norwich Market. Um, and of course, of the two, Barley Mumber has really kicked on and got himself a, a new deal this summer and very firmly in Daniel's first team plans. Hasn't quite happened for Dennis, um, so we'll see whether Southend can alone spell season long that Southend kicks him on or not. Yeah, he's he's been there on trial, hasn't he, with a view to a loan. I think Phil Brown has, has made a little secret of his desire to keep him there. There was uh, apparently some interest from other clubs, including Kings Lynn. So um, we'll, we'll watch with interest how he gets on it at Southend. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's good to see a young lad um, head out on loan. Uh, let's get into some of the comments. Uh, hello to Ashley. Hello to Craig. Hello to Ed. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Hello to David, uh, who has said, evening, fellas, any links to a defensive midfielder? And it doesn't quite seem, uh, well, it seems quiet on that front, but as Daniel alluded to today, the focus will quickly turn to the back end of the pitch. Uh, I think, as, as we've said, full-back cover, central defender, central midfielder, they'll be kind of the, the remaining holes to fill, won't they, until now and, and August the 30th? Yeah, that's basically where we are now. Um, they're taking a pause. Won't be any any incoming business in the next sort of certainly over this Liverpool spell, you know, over the weekend, early part of next week. Um, but that is the final push. You've mapped it out there, Connor. Uh, we knew those positions, and, and that's still very much the case. Centre back, centre mid, full back, left back, uh, rather than right back. So um, yeah, so no, I haven't heard any. I mean, I'll be. I was going to throw it open. It'd be nice to get a few few names thrown at us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on those positions, given that. We, we had the line early in the week, it's on pinkham.com. Philip Billing appears to be very happy under Scott Parker in, on the south coast at Bournemouth. He's he's more or less saying he wants to stay there, so put a line through him. Ollie Skip, I think, will probably be involved uh, for Tottenham against Man City this weekend. I saw um, some quotes in the last hour or so where uh, on, in Dombele, it looks to have fallen out of favour with Nuno already. Central midfield option, so... You know that might push Harry, uh, uh, Ollie Skip up the uh, up the pecking order. Harry Winks is there, of course, as well. But I thought it was telling. He started. They played Tottenham pre-season last weekend, and and Skip started the game. So you know you get you get in straight away a clear sense that Nuno wants to you know involve him certainly in the early part of the season. So I think that ship has probably looked like it sailed. Um, and I haven't heard any real certainly in the last sort of week, few days uh, of any other. CDMs that would come into the equation, certainly any links to Norwich. So I'll be interested if anybody else out there has seen it. I think it was very much, you know, get get the saga of Zolis and, and get Sargent over the line this week. Start of the week, back end of the week, as Daniel said today, focus very much now is on Liverpool inside that club, get Liverpool out of the way and then they'll pick it up again. So uh, yeah, nothing nothing imminent, I'm not hearing of any, any uh, we're down the line with anything in any of those positions. So um, but yeah, and we all know Brandon Williams was a player they were linked with, and they still, as it stands, with where are we? Just over two weeks of the window left, still have that Premier League loan option, domestic loan option. So you can be you can be damn sure they'll be using that to uh, fill one of these three positions. Yeah, there, there were some reports, weren't there, that they, they tried to do a similar thing that they did with the Billy Gilmore deal in terms of that loan fee perhaps decreasing with the amount of yeah. games that he plays. And, and and since then, it all seems to have um, gone relatively quiet. But as you say, definitely a a, a player that they like. Uh, Paul McInnes has said, or how about, oh, he's going to test me now, sure, as in school. So, what, Scholis? Scholis, that would be, wouldn't it? Scholis. Yeah. yeah. We, we, have have any, him, we have any Greek, uh, either natives or speakers, uh, or any mates watching that, that know the answer definitively, that'd well, be helpful, yeah. wouldn't it? We need, uh, hold on, did they? Because we had um, that, that really, really spot on journalist who was who seemed to have his finger on the pulse the Greek end. We, Dave did a piece with him, didn't he? Earlier in the week, we had the video. I'm not even going to pronounce so, it. I, I think I think you went with Zolis. Zolis, that's what I thought. When, uh, yeah. when, you, when you sent that link earlier today uh, to the Greek commentary over some of his action, his highlights. It was definitely drop the T, Zolis. So you foxed me with this Sholis carry, carry on. But, uh, you know, if I'm prepared to accept that it's Sholis, but I'm, if, no offence, Connor, I'd rather take somebody else's word for it in, uh, <laughs> than, your, than your word, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm no, uh, I'm no language expert. So but then you're uh, yeah. you're only quoting from the official guide that Norwich put out, the media well, advised. Well, I am, and, I, and, I, and you would have presumed that they'd have asked him, surely. 
you would hope so. But then, I mean, I mean all the other ones. Max are right. Aaron, you say that, but Max Aarons was Max Aarons for how many years? So well, uh, there you go. Yeah, this is this Jolis. is true. All, all, the, all, all the other ones are right. We've got we've got Edar in there. Uh, I'm trying to think of the off the top of my head. Omabama, like delay is how they're saying it. That's, that's how it's sort of phonetically spelt on the pronunciation chart. So there's some Lee, interesting Lee, Lee, Lee Malou is lease as in car lease. Yeah, I've got that on the sheet. Yeah, lease yeah. Malou. Yeah. So there's a, a few interesting ones in there. Maybe we'll have to screenshot that and put it somewhere. So um, so we've all got a reference guide. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm going with Shollis until told otherwise. So okay. uh, Rob Nizet, there's uh, a few questions about him from uh, Global Bloodstock. Charlie Summers as well has um, said about Rob Nizet. Uh, Jim as well. Cheerio, Rob Nizet. Uh, he, he has featured a few times in pre-season. There, there was an announcement today, yeah. wasn't there, um, from the club, which is uh, my, this is French, but, isn't it? My, no, is it Lecce? Yeah, Lecce. Yeah, Italian. yeah, Italian. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. country's confused now. The, the, the seemingly an announcement that he's joined them on a permanent basis. Um, that's that's an interesting one, isn't he, for for a young player that many viewed as having a lot of of talent and potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, my phone just pinged now. I was thinking that might be Rob Nizet getting confirmed to Lecce, but it wasn't. Uh, it was my wife, so that's a different story. Um, yeah, I don't, was it Dave, our colleague, had spoken to a few people, and or was it yourself, Connor, that he was a little bit, maybe a little bit immature, uh, they yeah. felt, in terms of, you know, the ability maybe was there. but And he always, looked, I thought, quite composed on the ball. And, um, you know, there was looked like there was a bit of raw material to work with. But, it's a very, you know, it's a very um, competitive development pool that those players are swimming in now. And if, you know, if there are questions about his maturity and, and composure, um, then, you know, you, you contrast him with a Bali Mumba. I, I keep using him as, as the perfect example. There's a guy who clearly has the right mentality and the right temperament and, and maybe that maturity that possibly this guy didn't have. So, you know, they will have clearly decided that there's elements of his of his footballing makeup that aren't maybe for them. Hence why, you know, they've, they've obviously decided maybe he's, didn't did you say it was a permanent he's going to go on or. or uh, certainly the, the announcement suggests it was permanent. We obviously had yeah. the, the story earlier this summer, didn't we, that he, he went to Belgium to, to explore a potentially permanent move, right. which, which didn't come to fruition. So yeah. it does seem like he's, he's one that they have opened the door on in terms of uh, allowing to go elsewhere. I mean, they do have, um, it just popped into my head as well. They have a very highly rated, I think he's a left back. I think, I'm sure. In fact, I know he's a left back who's a little bit younger than him in the academy. We've talked about him before. I'm going to yeah. Shipley, is it the boy Shipley? Um, who's originally from West Norfolk. And um, again, it's that kind of, you know, creating holes in the academy to let ones they feel have maybe better potential sort of, uh, you know, burst through and, and play out of age group. And because and, it's all about pushing them through as quick as they can to the first team. So, that might be factored in as well. You know, Steve Weaver and his and the people around him might be also thinking, well, decent player, but we have a question mark or two and we maybe feel there's better than him younger down in the academy. And of course, you know, if we're talking left backs, they want to do a left back. It might not, it might not. It's possible it could be a loan, it might be a permanent. And if you've got that person, you've got Barley Mumba can operate there, and you've got your new list. Um you know, maybe in the next sort of 12, 18 months they're looking at it and, and thinking there isn't going to be an opportunity there. So yeah, it's all about ultimately um, trying to cultivate players to a get them towards your first team, or b you know maybe move them on and they go have careers elsewhere. So yeah, worth worth watching him go from here with interest. I think. Yeah, and, and Sam Byram, who of course is, is still Byram. in trouble, albeit uh, well, hopefully on on the road to recovery. And um, this is an interesting one from from John Wilson, who says, as far as potential loans are concerned, would like someone like uh, Philip Sandler at Manchester City, or would someone like Philip Sandler at Manchester City be viable? And I think this is a name that I kind of threw somewhere um, when, when it was mentioned that potentially the, the centre back route could be a lone one. He's yeah. he's what 23, 24, I think. Um, played played some football, but not loads. Daniel Farker and Pep Guardiola's relationship is is obviously very good. We know that that Pep likes to watch Norwich in his, in his spare time. So I mean, it's not beyond the realms, but but that sort of profile when we're talking about centre back in particular and, and the lone route, it, do you think it would be someone in terms of twenty two to twenty four rather than eighteen, nineteen, that sort of age bracket? Well, yeah, for the simple reason, centre-back-wise, the the bracket of age you're talking about, the box is ticked by Omabama Daly, isn't it, ultimately? So, 
again, we're talking just back to Rob Nizit about the you know created opportunities for for other players to come through. Maybe who you feel you know what would it what would it say in terms of Norwich's model or, or more pertinently to to Andrew on Mabama Daly if they went out and brought another. 18, 19 year old centre back in um, from a from another club on loan. I, that that wouldn't that don't send the right signal, and and they they certainly wouldn't do that. So that individual you mentioned, there, the Man City player, if he's a little bit older, um, yeah, I could see I could see something like that making a lot of sense actually. And uh, and then you kind of getting into the realms of well, how do you sort of square off Man City, presumably wanting guarantees or, or assurances about how many minutes he would play but they managed to get to that point with Chelsea and Gilmore yes it looks like they've been talking in similar terms to United about Brandon Williams so I don't think that would be a hurdle or an obstacle they couldn't clear but uh, yeah I, I, I think something of that nature if you're talking centre-back and loans then if it's not the elite clubs in the Premier League with their vast squads um, it's not really going to be any of the other clubs in the Premier League because they, they don't carry that volume of players and, and certainly young players. So, yeah, that sort of, for me, would if it's going to be a domestic Premier League grade alone, you're narrowing down the pool to to really the top, top clubs. And uh, obviously, they can't get another one out of Chelsea because of the regulations. You can only have what, one from the same club. So that's that slot's been taken. Um, so it's United, it's City, uh, maybe even Liverpool this weekend. I mean, Daniel did tongue-in-cheek to say he'd love to to borrow uh, one of that, uh, Jurgen Klopp's centre-backs. I think he was thinking more um, Virgil van Dijk, but I don't think there's, there's much chance of that happening. But, you know, you look, they've got Matip, they've got Gomez. Um, there's one or two others as well, name escaped me, but they played in those Carabao Cup games last season. You know, that isn't beyond the realms. Maybe that after this weekend, you know, there's a there's a maybe a Liverpool highly rated young player, but in his twenties, young player coming to Carrow Road. I'd I'd certainly keep an eye on the Liverpool link, no doubt about it. Yeah, Nat Phillips, Ben Davis, uh, a couple yeah. off the top of my head that um that, that come to mind. There's there's probably loads of other, isn't there? These these top clubs tend to hoard young talent. Well, um, they've got the got the Welsh left back, haven't they? But of course now with the injury to Andy Andy Robertson, is it Nico Williams? Um, yes, yeah, I think I think they want him out permanently, though, and it's, uh, it seems that they're going with the the Greek left back. Is it Shrikas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe that. Thinking... Go on. No, I was just saying. I'm thinking if, if obviously Robertson's out for any length of time, then they're going to need cover below Simikas, now, aren't they? So whether that would alter how they're thinking in terms of left back, but uh, I've not seen a definitive timeline on Robertson. It looked a bad one when I saw it on the TV last weekend. Rolled his ankle. I think ankle ligaments. Is it? Yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all. I feared it would be longer than that, to be honest. But um, obviously, no go for tomorrow. So, um, and I don't. I think Simicast has only played something like ridiculous, like six minutes of Premier League football for Liverpool. So, if we're looking for the odd straw to clutch at, um, if Norwich could get at him down the left hand side, then who knows? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Just just in terms of if, as we're speaking about loanees. We kind of said three more probably maximum is is what we're looking at for Norwich City in terms of whether that's domestically or sort of foreign loans. How many of those three do you see being taken up by loan players? Because they've obviously got two foreign loans to play with that they haven't utilised yet. It's something they they did utilise heavily two years ago. We saw Andre Duda, Ralph Fearman, Ibrahim yeah. Amadou. None of those particularly worked. But do you, do you see that being a route they go down again? I think they've they've probably made a little secret that they'd rather have someone on a permanent basis this time around. Well, yes, but you know if you're bringing in as they have done at the moment, it's seven permanents. Obviously, you knew Liss and Gibson were here before, but permanent deals, and, and there's only the one loan. Um, I don't think that would tilt tilt the ratio too far the other way in terms of wanting, of course, wanting your own players and, and you know people who you know you are around here for the mid to longer term, but. Um, if the options aren't available domestically, and, and that might be whether the, the players they want are available or the finances around those deals, or they can't give the guarantees to clubs about giving said players enough minutes at the Premier League level, then 100%. I, I could quite con- conceivably see a scenario where they go overseas for another loan signing. Um, but yeah, you're right. that The names you reeled off there, the track record is pretty lousy. It's, it's one of the strands of the, the Weber Farker recruitment that hasn't probably worked as well as certainly other strands have. But uh yeah, I'm sure there would be if you're casting your net across Europe, there must be players who for whatever reason would be available on loan who they feel in those areas um could 
could Im- could improve what what they they're trying to assemble, which is a Premier League grade squad. And uh, I'd say if, if push comes to shove over the three positions, I think they'd probably want to do the central midfielder as a permanent deal because that is you know looking like an area that they do need to plug with Rancic going, Tete going, Skip going back to his parent club. I think in an ideal world, you'd want that to be another permanent addition. But certainly the, the centre-back situation we discussed, if you know the, the IA-type player isn't available in their price bracket, then alone makes sense. And and certainly, because the left-back essentially would be cover. If you feel Janoulis is going to be your first choice in the Premier League, um, then you, you're probably looking at somebody to come in and... and initially not being the starting eleven. So yeah, I think of those three positions, bar the centre back, centre mid for sorry, I think the other two could could conceivably be loan additions, no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a difficult position to recruit for, isn't it? That left back one when you're essentially signing a, a a player to be a backup. That's that's always a difficult sell, I think, if if you're going out there. I promise we haven't plot or at least I haven't planted this kind. I can't speak for you, Pad from Chris, uh, who says the the greatest double team coming at us right now, hashtag Pad and Connor. So we'll we'll take we'll take that. Any any similar com, uh, compliments are welcome. Where, where's, 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 where's the tongue in, Where's the tongue in cheek emoji there, Connor? I think we've I think we've been set up there, mate. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, we've got a few more names thrown at us. I did see one, which I'm uh, just trying to find. Well, I'll say it anyway, which was um, which was Paddy McNair. I'll try and find the person who who asked it. Um, someone at, at, at Middlesbrough can play. There we go. Uh, Barry Young uh, said uh, Paddy McNair, someone who, who can play centre back and central midfield, was pretty yeah. good in the, in the Championship yeah, last season yeah. for for Borough. Pad, would you would you be happy with that if if we? I don't know, at some point saw Paddy McNair holding up a, a Norwich City scarf. Well, well, get Kieran Scott to oil the wheels of that one. Now he's gone the other direction. Make it a ter- make, make it a term of his deal, maybe. Add on, add on a clause. Um, I'd be very happy there because I think he, he, he is a... I mean, he had a good ground and he was United, wasn't he, prior to? So, yeah, you know, he's yeah. he, he's certainly been schooled in the right way. What would make me think that's a non-starter is, is the importance that Neil Warnock attaches to him. I, I remember the two games... Um, Norwich played last season and I think around both of them he was almost eulogising about McNair McNair and Housen were the two so I would think without having followed Borough too closely this summer that if Neil Warnock's looking to get yet another promotion on his CV his, his long and distinguished CV of promotions then Paddy McNair would be pretty intrinsic to, to him and, unless there's a, you know I haven't checked unless there's a contractual thing there maybe you know either he's, he's running running into the latter stages of his contract or there might be some sort of clauses in there I don't know but I, just in terms of the footballing aspect that I, I think it's that important to Borough and Neil Warnock I couldn't see it but yeah if that type of player was to arrive then I, I think that would be that would be a very good addition because as you said Connor rightly you know we're talking about they need three players but if you've got a player who can play in two positions and, and play to a decent level in two positions then it opens up you know far more possibilities in, in maybe moving into January and, and and beyond so um, yeah and that, that wouldn't surprise you actually if, it, if even if it's not a McNair but if it's a player who's maybe a multi-purpose yeah. sergeant by all accounts you know he, he could play wider has played wider could also play down the middle um, you know that chimes with what Weber said to us at the start of the summer it's about quality but bringing down the quantity in terms of the raw numbers and the way one of the ways you can do that is obviously by having versatile players who can operate in multiple positions yeah, and it, it would be all right for Neil Warnock, wouldn't it? Because he could use his newfound knowledge of the Argentinian uh, footballing pyramid. He's he's just yeah. a, a midfielder um, from from Argentina, which doesn't seem very Neil Warnock like. But uh, but there you go. Um, Michael J Garwood asking the big questions on Facebook. He said the biggest and most important question that needs answering is: Will the evening news be doing the match day newspaper chocolate bar crisps and bottle of water goodie bag tomorrow? Uh, I haven't been told otherwise, Pad. Unless you unless you have. No, I haven't been told otherwise. Yeah, it's a bit sold. Destroying that, I'll be honest. That like when you see that at Car Road, and literally they've the bag's been opened, everything's been taken out apart from the paper, which is you know fair enough. You know, I'm sure the chocolate bar is quite nice, but uh, it'd be nice if they actually the people who I've seen anyway would maybe use the paper as well for for reading. But uh, no, yeah, I, I, hopefully that is the case. But we must confess we don't know 100. We've not checked on that, but uh, um, if not, let's get a campaign going to bring it back, bring back the chocolate bars. 
Yeah, absolutely. Throw some in our direction as well. That'd be uh, that'd be most welcome. Yeah. Uh, Joe Keeler, uh, this sort of lends on to the the point we we're talking about multi multi sort of purpose players as well. How much money do, do Norwich have left to spend? Is it just loans now, or 10, 15 million roughly to to play about with? I, I think if you sort of work out the spend roughly, it, um, it works out about fifty million, doesn't it? If you include Gibson and and your new list, yeah, um, but then you probably you can't you subtract the Buendia money and. I, I think it goes down to about 15, 16 million net spend. So, you know, my my, my take on it would be that, you know, again, you're trying to equip a Premier League squad. And if you're looking to do another three and maybe one of those is a loan or, or at most two, you know, one domestic, one foreign, then you're still going to have to pay decent whack um, for that third player. So I don't think that's unreasonable, actually, to think, you know, that there might be that sort of still in the pot to play with. Absolutely. Uh, another name from Jake Tidy who says, "Do you think uh, we should test the waters for a uh, Jaffet Tanganga loan signing?" He uh, obviously sort of made his name under Jose Mourinho, didn't he? At Spurs, Campe left back. Uh, I think he's primarily a, a centre back, uh, about twenty-one, I think, as well, off the off the top of my head. That that would be the sort of profile, wouldn't it? That that would represent probably for Norwich a, a step up to what they have at the moment. And to stress, that's what they're looking for, isn't it? If if they are going to sign a player on loan, it would have to improve what they yeah. have currently. So essentially you're looking at an option that is better than one of Grant Hanley or Ben Gibson. So that's quite a hard bar to, high bar to set in terms of a loan addition. Well, it is. That's that's the key to it all. And, um, you know, hence why they they were willing to go, go 10, 10 million for, for Ayer and, and that wasn't enough, which underlines, you know, if they now want to go back into that market and bring in a player who they feel might be an upgrade, you know, you spent... Eight million to make Gibson permanent, so your starting point has to be eight. Because if, you, if you're looking for for a better player than Ben Gibson and Grant Hanley, then that's that's certainly going to be the the market baseline, if you like. So, and I'm not sure. I mean, I, I keep seeing the, the lad Worrell linked. Um, he's still at Forest, isn't he? I thought a week or so ago it was heavily touted with Burnley, but as far as I'm aware, he's still at Forest, isn't he? I think he might be injured because he's not played for Forest yet this season. Um, and as we as we like to repeat on here, is there a deal you could put together there that maybe includes Jordan Hugel going the other way um, with the requisite weighting of the finances? I don't know. He's certainly a player they they have admired in the past and uh, good young player. Question marks about whether he can step up. But again, as we've seen with Sargent, as we've seen with Rashita, as we've seen with, with Zolis, a lot of that is potential. And he would be another one you'd file in the potential category. But, uh, you know, it, that to me would be the scale of deal they'd need to put in place if you're looking to bring in a permanent to compete with Gibson and Hanley, uh, and probably to a lesser extent Zimmerman. Joe Wall's a, a really good shout. Actually, that that would be an interesting one. Player plus cash deals are always immensely difficult to do, though, aren't they? And they always seem to to drag on. We're, we're getting probably towards that stage of the window now, where we'll start to see Arsenal putting forty bid, forty million pound bids in, plus about four players. Um, that, that tends to be what you get at this stage of the of the window. Um, Bradley on YouTube. We'll do a couple more transfer ones, and then we'll we'll look ahead to the game tomorrow. Um, he he simply says, "Campbell staying?" Question mark. New contract? Question mark. On the latter point, uh, certainly nothing imminent. It's Seems like everyone is is relatively relaxed about Todd's contractual situation at the moment. On on the first point, Pad, do you see Todd Campwell now staying beyond the deadline? Yeah, I do actually. I think um, you know there was all that flurry around Villa, but you know that, that seems to have gone very quiet in the in the intervening period of Camp, of Grealish leaving. So, well, I say that I did was it ninety minutes? Did something this afternoon at Arsenal? Apparently, uh, no, tell a lie. Klopp, uh, Liverpool are. Uh, whatever the phrase they use, admirers of the player or whatever. So, you know, substitute Villa and insert another club, really. But um, I don't think it's the end of the speculation between now and the window. But I, I think the way this seems to be heading is, yeah, he will still be here beyond this window. And uh, and I think they're going to need him because, um, you know, he is, albeit not proven at Premier League, but he has played in the Premier League and showed that he, he, had, he had, and bearing in mind that was a player two years Ago and he's he's kicked on again, no doubt about it. That, uh, that he could leave a positive impact on the Premier League. So, because we have those question marks against those other new boys who are coming in the building, um, I think Todd Campbell is, is post Wendia is is really his influence or his potential influence grows quite immeasurably. I think so. Yeah, certainly Daniel again today was chiming that the 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 message that he expects to keep hold of all his players. So, you know. 
that tells me there's been no firm interest and um and if that was to stay the case between now and the end of the window, he'd be happy. And I think most Norwich fans, because obviously Max Aarons would be the other one. If those two stay in the building, Norwich's chances increase pretty substantially, I think, in terms of can they pull off 17th or better. Yeah, he's, he's looked brilliant in pre-season as well, hasn't he? I think... Um... Uh, I think as well, I spoke to, to Chris Sutton a couple of weeks ago. He said maybe there's this element of stepping out of the shadows, Emmy Boyd yeah. shadow and, and being that main man and the confidence that could that could give to Todd, I think is is tremendous. And and what a footballer he he's he's becoming in front of sort of everyone's eyes at the moment. Uh, a couple more shouts for uh, centre back loan signings. These two are, are pretty good actually. Liam says uh, I'd like Joe Roden, who who's another uh, centre back at at Spurs, yeah. Jake Tidy says Nathan Ake, which is an interesting one because we were coming back from Newcastle last weekend, weren't we? We had the yeah. community charity shield um, commentary on the radio and they were speaking, well, certainly I can't remember who it was uh, doing the punditry and analysis now, but they were saying, well, maybe, maybe Nathan yeah. Ake does need a loan. And I think he made quite a, a major rick, didn't he, in, in, in that game? Um, I want to say he conceded the penalty, but I, I might be wrong. That that would be an interesting one. Uh, again, if, if Farker wants to to call up Pep Guardiola and maybe see if he's got any uh, any decent centre-backs lying about. Um, let's see what else we have got. And then we'll, we'll, we'll go to Jurgen Klopp and then look ahead to the game. Um, Canary Gaming, Reese Nelson. I think we've spoken about Reese Nelson before, haven't we, Pad? Um, in terms of that one maybe being probably slightly... Well, he's, he's a bit more of an attacking player anyway, isn't he, Reese Nelson? So I can't see yeah. at this stage um, Norrie's doing that. It's a good one from Tyler Smith. Harry Souter from... From Stoke, centre back, relatively young. Yeah, did they didn't they? Was, it was the lad who went off to Burnley. Keep talking about Burnley, but then they? Collins. Yeah. yeah. So w- would that? I, I don't know what they've done in terms of centre back additions this summer, but you would think that would be a, a, a difficult one if they've already sold one centre back. And clearly, Mark O'Neill's trying to, you know, hence with the, the Bosnian Messi, he's trying to, uh, you know, equip that team to have a good crack at promotion. So. He is a good player, that young lad. Yeah, I remember he was he, he was decent in the two games against Norwich. So, um, yeah, he's a big lad as well. Liam Winnell says six foot six. That is a, that is a big lad. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't see. I could I could see him being one that Norwich would be aware of, hundred percent. But whether Stoke would be willing to to trade, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure. I don't think having you know let Collins go to Stoke uh, to Burnley. Sorry. The Bosnian Messi. It's the first time I've heard Mario Francic described as that. More of a PLO, isn't he? Central midfield? Yeah, well, I've, I've obviously been consuming the PSG sort of circus this week, haven't I? Yeah, so that's where I pulled that one from, I think. Yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, let's let's finish in terms of transfers with Jez Arlo's question. It says, evening, gents. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on a Hamza Chowdhury or a... Oh, oh, I'm going to have to say his name now. You wrote the story, mate. Jokas... Okay, we'll call him the Turkish midfielder. Okay, who's on loan at West Brom last season, loan sign. Norwich definitely aren't interested in uh, in Okay Yokosulu. I think that's how you say his name. I probably completely butchered that. I think we had Hamza Chowdhury right at the start of the window as well. Yeah. I remember, I remember that one um, popping up. There, there's nothing in in that one either. But it would be that caliber of player you would imagine, wouldn't you? I would imagine um, Okay's wages are, are probably a little bit steep for Norwich. He's at Celta Vigo seemingly closing in on, on a move to Wolves, which um, would, would probably be a good addition for them. I, I suspect it was very good for West Brom. Hamza Chowdhury's been linked with Newcastle a lot, hasn't he? Although that seems to have died down surrounding him. So, yeah, potentially there, there could be something there. Um, let's let's finish in terms of uh, transfers then. Here's a, a little clip of Jurgen Klopp from his press conference today speaking about Norwich City's transfer activity. I love to, to win the first game, but I think it would be disrespectful for, to talk about these kind of things before we face Norwich even. So we have to go there. We will do that this afternoon um, to have a nice sleep overnight, play there tomorrow afternoon, and I know how good they are, and I know how how great the job Istanbul Fark is doing there. They obviously gave him for a situation, for a club of, like Norwich, is incredible trust in him a, a new four-year contract which is absolutely great um so they believe there in the, his work and the project uh, and you can see that they lost good players or one at least uh, what i know about and they, but they brought did sensational business uh, billy gilmore is probably obviously one of the biggest scottish talent for the last 50 years uh bring him in on loan then rashika i know from the bundesliga sergeant i know from the bundesliga so two really good exciting strikers offensive players so Lost Bundia, yes, but um, the replacements they found. Now the little Greek boy who came in last week. So, good business. So, exciting what they are doing. And um, we have to be absolutely spot on to have a good start. And if we had a good start, then we can talk about that. 
There you go, all that fuss over over. I was just going to say, we don't just call him the little Greek boy, yeah. shall we? If it's good enough for Jurgen, that'll do me, mate. Yeah, never, never mind all this pronunciation malarkey. The little Greek boy. <laughs> there we go. He'll be known uh, from from that from now on. Uh, well, Billy Gilmore, best Scottish talent in fifty years. That's no, that's no, 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 Andy Robinson. Don't fall into the well. I see. I've, well, there's been a lot of media saying that, but that is you play that quote again, Connor. He actually says one of the best. He doesn't say he's the best. Because um, otherwise, yeah, Andrew, you're always going to be on his door. And as somebody pointed out to me, what who's who's the biggest legend at Liverpool? Sir Kenneth Daglish. I think he might have something to say with uh, if, he, if Jürgen's now making out he's the best. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. No, I think I think in his defence, he said he was one of the best. But um, yeah, but irrespective, uh, yeah, he was he was eulogising old Jürgen. It's good to it's good to see these uh, these top top profile managers uh, talking about Norwich. It proves they're back in the big time, mate. It does, yeah. He, without the glasses as well, he, he broke them at Norwich a few years ago, didn't he? So um, that's 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 good to see. Um, let's look ahead to this one then, Pad. How, how do you see, particularly given the context that we have now about Omar Bamadele being a slight doubt because of tonsillitis earlier this week? Although I would probably be inclined to suggest that that maybe won't ruin his chances of getting in in the squad. I think it's just probably a question now of whether Daniel Farker elects to start him. Yeah. How do you see? There's been a lot of talk about Norwich's system. How do you see Daniel playing it? Do you see him going to a a back three slash five? Do you see him going with a, a four three three? How do, how do you kind of see him approaching this one? Because I think there's probably arguments for both, really. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely, you know, in last season or seasons past, we we wouldn't even need to debate it. It'd be four two three one, bang, away you go. Players pretty much picking themselves. Certainly when they they're doing well and they're in the good times. I think for the disrupted preseason that we've had. Um, and now allied to, I think he said a slight doubt or a slight question mark was the actual sort of Daniel phrase on Omar Daly. But then in the the training footage, I think they put out from yesterday, he was there and he was, you know, he was involved. So I think that was the early part of the week. Daniel was saying that maybe he missed a bit of training. Um, yeah, so um, I, I prior to, I'd have thought, he, you know, we talked about it. I, I thought he might, given we've seen it a lot in pre-season, might have gone with a three and maybe drop out Zimmerman and put Hanley in there. Uh, I definitely think Hanley will play tomorrow. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, Daniel said today the plan was he would have played the last four friendlies where two of those were cancelled for COVID and then, you know, he missed two because of COVID. So that that's, tells me that, he's, that the, the issue that he uh, ended up missing the last part of the Euros or that last second half of that game for Scotland, that is behind him now. And, and really it was just this kind of, as I say, running theme through Norwich's pre-season plans that was why we didn't see him on the pitch. So in terms of his fitness, I think uh, there wouldn't be an issue. So I, I think he will come back in. And as I say, prior to hearing that today, I, I thought that might be in a three. I'm inclined to think he might now just go on the side of caution and go four and basically restore last season's, for the majority anyway, title winning, um, running back four, which, you know, is Max Aarons, Janoulis, ha- uh, Hanley, Gibson, Tim Krull. And then if he goes with a four, I can I can just see him. I can see him reverting to type a little bit, and maybe you know. And you could debate, you know, the, the defensive lack of uh, Elise Malou, uh, Gilmore pairing in front of the back four, but but I think that might be. I certainly think those two will play, and it's just how you accommodate them in in whatever midfield formula. Um, Kenny McLean might come a bit too soon. Daniel was saying he was still getting a bit of trouble with his knee and his back, you know, as soon as, as late as last week. Um, and, you know, Lucas Rupp, I'm not sure he he really has, has warranted, you know, a serious conversation to put him into the 11 for, for when the real business starts. So I think it'll be those six plus keeper. And then, like we discussed earlier, I think the GOAT will play and then it's, for me, Dal, Cantwell, maybe Rashica behind. So, but having mapped all that out, if it was to be three at the back tomorrow, and but uh, Kenny McLean was in front of them, then I could I could just as well see that. I mean, Daniel basically said himself tonight he's got some late calls to make um, and some issues to work through in terms of his own mind and and counterbalancing. I think he he put it. Um, do you how many of the players who really haven't had a preseason worthy of the name? How many of them do you put into the eleven, and how many could you maybe get away with? And, and I guess he's he's going to put his head on the pillow tonight, and he probably won't still at that point know his final eleven, and, and it'll probably be tomorrow now. So, you know, if he's in a bit of a quandary, then it's very hard to second guess. But I, I just think you know the 
the goat has to play, Hanley has to play, and uh, and Campbell has to play. So if that is the case, then you know it's probably meaning Obama Daly would miss out, Eda would miss out from the ones who've been involved in pre-season, and maybe Rupert McLean for me as well. But you know, as Daniel said, uh, after Gillingham, a bumpy start in in pro in progress, and um, and that is where we're at. You know, the fact that you know hours out now from the opening game and, and he still probably doesn't know the 11 he's going to put on the park it's far from ideal prep but that that's that's the way of the world isn't it so I think he'll probably go along more tried and trusted rather than trying to roll the dice from this first game because the degree of difficulty is already tough enough because of the disruptive pre-season but I mean I'll throw that back to you Connor you you think he might still go on Obama daily then in a three I do yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I I think I just got a feeling that he's he's going to stick with that three, and then yeah. sort of hopefully because of the way Liverpool like to play their wingers, which aren't really wingers, they they effectively play as two strikers, and Firmino kind of drops, doesn't he? So I think then you kind of match them up a little bit and uh, and get a bit of a numerical advantage over them in in the centre of the pitch, which I think he might try and do. Um, I could quite feasibly see a a, a sort of five. 4-1, a 5-3-2 possibly even as well with, with Sargent and Puki up top. I, th- I think that's feasible. But the fact we're kind of listing these options now shows the position that Norwich are in compared to two years ago when it was literally the 4-2-3-1. And then it was probably a, a debate about who would play in central midfield and how they would kind of get that to be um, yeah. stable enough defensively. So the fact we're kind of talking about these different options that they now have is, is probably a testament to their recruitment, really, isn't it? So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does go for and how they do look to approach it. And as you mentioned there, that balance that he has to strike between probably playing some of these players that have obviously been in COVID isolation and, and maybe two weeks down the track from where they need to be fitness-wise and those players that maybe wouldn't necessarily be frontline options if everyone else was available, but just to make sure they kind of keep them topped up and where they need to be. Someone like Lucas Rook, for example, I could I could see playing as a, as a midfield, uh, in a midfield three with Gilmore and Leigh Malou. So it just, it, it's a testament. And we've kind of spoken about this, this sort of phrase, quality, not quantity. Yeah. Maybe a testament to the quality that Norwich have in the building that now Daniel Farker does have. And uh, I'll go back to that famous quote from Stuart Webber, um, sort of sending him into war without a gun. Well, well, now he's got numerous options to kind of tinker with to maybe, uh, and he said, it, he said it today, didn't he, about not changing the principles as much, but maybe changing the way they approach each opponent. Maybe now he's got more options to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did ask him. I mean, it was kind of leading on from the point you've been sort of making about does the recruitment hint at maybe a... A more counter-attacking strategy um, as a rule uh, in the Premier League, and I thought he was basically more chiming the, the the pragmatic line. As he said, you know, what you're suggesting in the Premier League is that you have to sort of cut your cloth for different opponents. But then he went on to say, well, in the Championship, you know, you play Brentford one week and then you play Middlesbrough the following week, and, and you do likewise. But obviously, in the Championship, you've probably got pound for pound better players, so you can almost impose your how you want to set about it. And more often than not in the championship, you're still going to come off the pitch with a positive result. I don't think you can not be blasé, but I don't think you can be that dismissive in the Premier League. He knows full well that with a fair win, Liverpool, Manchester City, and probably even, you know, maybe less so Leicester, but maybe Arsenal in that first month, Norwich aren't going to be dominating possession. So if they're not, they need to find different ways to get a positive result. And and that clearly is, is one of the strands to the recruitment that in... Players like Sergeant Rashica, Zolis, um, they have slightly different options, and let's be honest, probably slightly better options than they had in the in the building prior to the summer, and that will allow them to be a bit more flexible. Um, once, as we keep stressing, all the players are firmly up to speed, which probably isn't going to be until the other side of this first international break. And that's just just the way it is. But uh, yeah, I mean that as much as we've we've last five, ten minutes, discussed personnel and formations. It might even be the approach tomorrow. Even that yeah. might be a slight, slightly different, certainly compared to last season in the Championship, which was very formulaic. You know, Norwich would dominate. I don't know what their average possession stats were. Most have been around 55 60% over the course of the season. Um, and whether, you know, against the Liverpool side, who are kind of known a little bit for that, you know, fearsome front three and... and inviting teams on and hitting them. It might be that actually possession-wise, Norwich do see plenty of the ball tomorrow, in which case Gilmore is a very important cog in the machine. Um, if he can set the tempo and keep Norwich moving forward and, and in possession, then 
you know, if Norwich have the ball, then Liverpool don't. It's as simple as that, isn't it? And then they can't feed a Mane, Jota, Firmino. Uh, you can stop there. You can stop there. Yeah, yeah I'll stop there. Yeah, Salah, Salah, I'll throw him at the end. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so, so many fascinating aspects to this game tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, can't wait, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, me, me too. It's. Uh, I think you're right. I think if if they are going to look to try and counter attack, then they they do need a Rashica in there or a or a, a little Greek boy, for example, someone along those lines, maybe that he's capable of of maybe injecting a little bit of pace because that's that's the one thing you would look at if Campwell plays, if Dow plays, if Pookie play. I mean, Pookie's not slow, but he's he's not rapid, is he? I think you you probably need someone who can carry the ball a little bit if that's what you you're going to look to do. So you, you maybe like, I don't know how quick Josh Sargent is to be truthful. So um, it, it would probably be difficult in in terms of judging him and and how he'd fit into that side. But um, yeah, I, I think. I could probably see Rashica starting, to, to be honest. I think he, he may be the one that they take the chance on, um, especially yeah. given that Daniel's had a little bit of time to work with him in pre-season before, obviously, he then was, was forced into isolation. Um, I, I'll force a prediction upon you then, Pad. How do you see this one going? Ultimately, and I've, I've kind of um, said this throughout the various videos that, that we've done today, uh, Terrace Talk as well, if, if you want to go and watch that after this, is um, is, is good with, with a Liverpool fan and an Norwich fan previewing saw this game but I kind of said look unless there's a a major incident with VAR that that maybe people get angry about and we hope that's not the case with the the thicker lines or whatever else they've changed this year um, or Norwich City get absolutely stuffed I think most people will just be walking out with a smile on their face having been involved in a full capacity crowd watching a game of football that involves Norwich City and I don't think we can dismiss the impact of that sort of environment either that could really we talk about the players who aren't fit that could give them the extra percentage actually that they need to to sort of spur them on and get a, a positive performance. So yeah. how do you see this one going, Pad? How do you see the day going overall? Uh, it's it's going to be, uh, as you say, really exciting, really fascinating, maybe a tad bit scary as well when you kind of list the Liverpool options, but we don't think about those too much. So this time tomorrow, how, how do you see this game panning out? I mean, they said... Well, people have painted that man, that infamous, well, infamous, that famous Manchester City win is almost a once in an era. So it's probably too greedy to expect we can get that result, that performance, that atmosphere again. But it might take something of that nature, really. Although, you know, let's be honest, Liverpool coming off the back of a season where they, they were pr- pretty compliant in just, you know, stepping aside and letting Man City take their crown. They're, they're not they're not that Man City that pitched up under Guardiola two seasons or so ago, three seasons ago now. Um so I wouldn't put them on that quite on that pedestal in terms of dominance, but they're a very very good side. I mean, Van Dyke coming back is not something you want to see really because he was as, as good a centre back as as there is in the game prior to his injury. And uh, you know that front three we've touched on, Jota seems to have embellished them as well. Um, you know, every way you look, they've got quality. And, and I know it was a pre-season game last weekend, and the result didn't really matter. And there was reasons why Norwich sort of fell away in that second half. Um, but you could just see the, the step up in intensity and quality and the, the decision-making, you know, like you had Omabama Daly there and in the championship, he had more time on the ball. And that game last weekend, albeit a friendly against Premier League opposition, he was having to be hurried into making decisions and, and passing the ball back to Tim Krul and so on. And, and it's that intensity that, you know, might catch one or two of these players out tomorrow, I think, which... Is understandable because it's you know it's it's a big leap from the championship to facing one of the biggest clubs in world football. So um, I think you have to err on the side of Liverpool edging the game. But but you're right. I mean, if Norwich put in a performance worthy of the occasion and the fans get behind them, and then you can move on from that and think, okay, well, when we get our, all our players back, when we get them all fully up to speed, then there's something to build on. But Ultimately, it's hard to, at this stage, you know, unless your heart is ruling your head, to put forward a case that Liverpool will return from Car Road with no points tomorrow. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But I just think um, if I was to see, you know, Norwich start to equip themselves and start to show that it could be a little bit different this time around to how it finished certainly two seasons ago. I mean, last, let's be honest, they started that previous Premier League season excellently. Not on the first night, obviously, given they got whacked at Anfield. But that first month, first six weeks, full of confidence, full of momentum. You know, Cantwell doing his bits and Pookie, you know, 
doing what he was doing, and and there was you know there was a sense that they could hope for more, but sadly the Premier League is pretty a brutal environment for newly promoted clubs, and they got found out. But I I think ultimately we're probably going to be looking at a Liverpool win. But if you know if it was if it was a two one defeat, a three one defeat, and Norwich have shown enough, then uh, me personally, I think that'd be that'd be something to build on. What you don't quite right, Connie. You don't want them to turn up tomorrow and get whacked four or five because then, okay, the mitigation will still be there, but it will just deflate everything. And um, and then it, you know, a hellishly difficult month then starts to become like peering through your fingers kind of thing and just hoping against hope that because obviously what comes after Liverpool, it's Man City away. And that is the ultimate test, particularly if they have uh, Grealish and dare I say a Harry Kane in their ranks, probably not by the time Norwich go there, but uh you know, to to get whacked tomorrow, and then you've got Man City next. Well, good luck with that, Daniel. Trying to raise them players, so yeah, I just I think I just hope that they give a good account of themselves and push Liverpool, and it isn't a stroll in the park. And if we get that, then given all the disruption they've had in preseason, given they're just literally bringing new players into the building, I think that would be enough. Hopefully, for those twenty four thousand fans to to, uh, to to rally behind and and, and then move on and. Uh, and then the next home game and hopefully hope for more again. Absolutely. Performances, not points at this stage. I think that's, that's fair to say. It's the same with every season. I think you, you want to see the, the foundations laid. I actually think this will be a lot, a lot tighter than, than maybe a lot of neutrals think at least. Um, I, I've seen predictions of sort of three uh, nil. I think Mark Lawrence has said three nil to Liverpool as he would. Of course, I don't think he's predicted Liverpool to lose in about 13 years or something, has he? So it's, it's not a major surprise. Uh, various others as well. I think it will be tighter than that. As, as you yeah. say, I think we could see, I think back to the, actually the, the game at Cow Road, it was one of the final ones we saw, wasn't it, before games went closed behind closed doors. Liverpool only beat Norwich 1-0 that night. Lucas Rupp had a, a wonderful chance, I think, before before Alisson yeah. spotted a, uh, a, 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 his, his effort. Should have passed the pookie, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Sadio Mane only scored late on. So, I've, I think probably, a, like you say, a 2-1 defeat and, and maybe shake yourself down. It's it's next week, I fear, to be honest, at the Etihad. Um yeah, let's, let's let's not worry about that just just yet. Uh, a couple of, of optimistic comments. Tyler Smith says, I would love to see Campwell as the 10, and Rashica and the Greek boy on the wings, and then William Catchpole will end on this point, uh, which is a nice positive one. He says, calling it now, 2-1 Norwich, Rashica and uh, Lise Malou. Well, I think we'd all take that, wouldn't we, William? Right. Pad, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you all very much for watching. We'll be back next week with another Window Watch slash preview show hybrid uh, as we kind of um, look towards the final weeks of the window and the start of Norwich City's Premier League campaign. It'd be great to see you all at Carrow Road. It'd be great to be in attendance. I think that's going to be a fairly historic day, isn't it, in, in NR1 as uh, as the turnstiles open again and, and seats um, seats uh, are occupied. It's, it's going to be fascinating. Thank you all very much for watching and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>